Let's go to Luke chapter 10 today, Luke chapter 10. This is a sermon I've preached before. Um, I actually preached it in Indiana once. I preached it here as well. And um, I don't normally tell you when I'm doing that because I assume you don't remember them. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I was planning on going a different direction coming into this week and uh, just different circumstances and different things. I've been, this sermon has been on my mind consistently throughout the week. Couldn't get it out of my mind and, um, and decided that we would preach it today. And again, and if you do remember it, then, then it's a review. And if you don't remember it, then, it's, then it doesn't matter, I guess, does it? Um, <clears throat> there is a lot, of, a lot of just wrong focus in today's world uh, amongst the church, amongst Christianity. And we have this constant of need for people to see us and this constant need to be um, rewarded, so to say, or applauded, I guess. And I think too often we spend time trying to be in the light when we ought to be just at the feet of Jesus. And <clears throat> it's been a unique week. I don't know how much the detail to go into you. I mentioned, I did preach a sermon a number of weeks back just talking about the importance of calling sin what it is. And, uh, and this week has been a week where someone who sinned and lied about it a preacher, and has now been pleaded guilty, um, and um, and finally some some justice is coming to the situation. I watched, though, as fellow believers spend so much time defending something they should not be defending, or um, trying to get get out there with different things. I've been reminded this week again of the importance of just spending time with the Lord. And there's so much that we can gain from making time in our schedule to simply just learn from God. And this message is really on what we get when we spend time at the feet of Jesus. If we will just take a few moments to stop everything and sit down at Jesus' feet, meaning praying, reading the Bible, listening to God. Um, there's so much that can be gained from it. And that's what I want us to look at today. In Luke chapter 10, uh, verse, starting in verse 38, we'll read a few verses. We'll look at a couple other passages today as well. But Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, speaking of Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I know this is not new. Uh, the passages that we'll look at are not new. This sermon is not new. But Lord, I pray that this morning you would bring to our hearts a reminder, uh, maybe a challenge, uh, an area that we can grow in. 
And Lord, that through your word, you'll work in our lives, that we can um, have a better relationship with you because of what we learn from your word today. Help me as I present these passages that I do it clearly and that I do it correctly. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is just one story of the three that we'll look at today. But I want us to understand one of the things that we can, that we can receive if we are at the feet of Jesus is an education. It, it is a learning that we can get when we spend time with the Lord. Here we see this story of Mary and Martha. I've always enjoyed this story. And uh, you always, at least me, I assume most everybody's the same as me. When you hear a story involving people, you kind of put yourself in the story. Which one would I be? Which, what would I be doing? I'm lazy enough that I probably would have been the one sitting at the feet of Jesus because it was an excuse to not do dishes. But nonetheless, uh, that was not the situation here. And we see where Jesus comes in. We know that he is friends with this family, as, as we see later uh, with Lazarus. Uh, is the brother of Mary and Martha as well. And we read about that story as well in the Bible where Lazarus dies and, and Mary and Martha call on Jesus to come while he's sick and Jesus doesn't come till after he dies. And, and there's the question of what, you t- what took you so long and, and all of that as well. We know that Jesus loves this family. And we see here in this instance where Jesus came with his disciples. They came and, and, uh, and we see these two ladies, Martha and Mary. And we see that uh, Martha received, her, received him into her house. And she had a sister, Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words while Martha was cumbered about much serving. Martha doesn't understand uh, the importance of, of taking time to sit at Jesus' feet. Not in this instance, she does not. Martha is not doing something that is unimportant. Martha is not doing something that is wrong. Right in this story, she has welcomed Jesus into her home. She is, she is being a good host. She is preparing things and she's doing things and she wants to make sure that he's comfortable and that, that all is going well uh, here in the house. And as a matter of fact, she gets frustrated because she's doing it alone. If you ever serve God, there's more than likely going to come a time in your life where you're going to think that you're all by yourself. And you're going to be sitting there serving, serving, serving. You'll be saying, God, why isn't anybody helping me? Why am I doing this alone? I've learned oftentimes it's because we didn't ask. But (laughs) but on top of that, we get frustrated because we're like, we're all alone. We're the only ones doing this. There have been many a times... In my life in ministry, I've been in full-time ministry now for um, 13 years. So five years at the camp, eight years as pastoring, and then coming up on nine years as pastoring. And I remember times at camp where I would be doing something, and I'd be by myself on a 1,300-acre property doing something, thinking, why is no one helping me? Why am I doing this all by myself? And you begin to get this little pity party of, of I'm such a good person serving God and everybody else is so lazy or worthless or whatever that they won't come and help me. There have been many times as a pastor uh, that I felt that way as well. Why am I doing this by myself? Why is no one else helping? Martha was serving and she was doing something that was good and she looked at Mary who was just sitting and listening to Jesus and she began to get frustrated by it. So she does what all good sisters do, uh, tell her to help me. She comes to the Lord and she says, I'm busy here serving alone, 
My sister hath left me here to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. I find this interesting because Martha uh, asking Jesus, Jesus is not a parent. He's a guest in her home. She understands enough about Jesus that he has authority. Now, also, I believe there's, there's just in this day and age, the, uh, the way that things work, the, a woman would not uh, uh, butt into a man's conversation, and, and it, was, it was out of respect and reverence and politeness, as was culture at that time. But we see here, she came and she asked Jesus, would you please tell Mary to help me? And Jesus said to Martha, I love the words that he uses, thou art careful, worrisome, and troubled about many things. My guess is, and this is just a guess, that Martha was a little bit dramatic. Um, She was uh, maybe being a little loud with the pots, uh, louder than normal, making sure that Mary heard her working hard. This is just an opinion. But just when I see when Jesus says you are careful and troubled about many things, she was probably uh, visibly frustrated, flustered. Maybe I I think of times where my wife is watching to the living room and said, would you please get off the couch? Hair is a little frizzled out. Uh, The uh, eyes are a little dark and uh, and the fangs are showing. And and just this, uh, I can say that because she's not here and uh, but she'll probably listen to this so anyways uh but uh you've seen this before right with somebody and martha is just flustered and jesus says there's a lot of things that you're worried about there's a lot of things that are troubling you there's a lot of things that you're thinking about right now that your mind is racing on different things you're frustrated you're angry he says in verse 32 this one thing is needful and mary hath chosen that good part. Now your first reaction is that's got to be frustrating for Martha. Wait a second. I'm trying to make sure you have a pleasant visit. And you're saying out of the two things that are going on right now, my serving and Mary's listening, that Mary's chosen the good part? But God says this is important. Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. What part did Mary chose? She chose in verse 39 to sit at Jesus' feet and hear His Word. What do we get when we hear God's Word? We get an education. We learn. We grow. Psalm 109-105, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Job 23.12, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Martha was concerned with physical nourishment. Mary was concerned with spiritual nourishment. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Mary understood that if I will take some time, because it's not every day that Jesus walks into to the house. Now, if you should have Jesus in your home. But in this time, Jesus' fleshly body, it was not commonplace. It did not happen every day where you had Jesus sitting there. The disciples were with Jesus every day. This, this was the normal for them. For Mary and Martha, it was not. And Mary understood that I have Jesus in my home, sitting on my stool or couch or chair or floor, wherever he was sitting, 
and I can sit and listen to him. Have you ever had the opportunity to talk to a, um, an older war veteran, someone who was around in World War II, and you could sit down and listen to stories? Or people who went through the Depression, or uh, people who went through uh, interesting things in history and were at different places. And you can sit down and to hear it firsthand, it's, it's so special, it's so unique, it's so amazing to listen to them speak. And the stories that you've heard one way, now you hear it how it actually was. Stories that you heard someone tell because so-and-so told them who heard it from so-and-so who heard it from so-and-so, still a good story, but when you hear it from directly from the source, boy, how much different it is. Sometimes you see a passion that you've never realized. You, you gain a, 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 a passion about something that you never realized because you heard it directly from them. I go back to this often, but just the burden for China has changed for me since Mark came and shared with us the great need that is there. My burden for Portugal has changed drastically. I honestly never thought about the gospel in Portugal until I met Mark and Ara. And to hear firsthand Mark's story as a child where no missionaries would come to their island because it was so small and minute and there weren't a lot of people there. The way he put it was 10,000 people, 20,000 cows. Uh, and all of a sudden one day a missionary shows up. And you begin to realize there is a great need in this world because we hear it firsthand from people who have experienced the need. Mary sat at Jesus' feet as she heard Jesus' words, and there was so much more that could be gained in that moment by sitting at Jesus' feet than there was by serving. <clears throat> I'm thankful that we have a church that serves. I'm thankful that everyone gets involved in some way, shape, or form. It means the world to me, and I, I guarantee you God is pleased by it. But I've also been around enough places and ministries to know that sometimes people are so busy serving, they're never learning. I had people in our church in Indiana, and we had to make changes to it because there were people who were serving consistently, and they were never in a service. And they were always doing something else during the service, and kids' ministries and nursery and other things going on. <clears throat> I've watched Christians who have chosen to serve, honestly, for the purpose of not being in a service. In college, this is commonplace in college, um, the college I went to, there was... Um, there was not one church everybody went to. You could go and get involved in local community churches. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, um, in my, at least in my college days. And um, there were kids who would go to a church where they could go and just kind of disappear. And then there were other people who would choose a church that needed help, and they would get involved, and they would help in a church that needed it. Um, but I remember there were, there were times where I thought if I could get in this ministry in the morning service and this ministry in the evening service, um, that would be more fun <laughs> than sitting in service and not realizing how much desperately needed the services. And I'm thankful for a pastor in college that I still love dearly and that was just impactful for me because he understood that. You can't be serving all the time. You have to have time to sit at Jesus' feet and learn. Don't ever get so busy in religion that you fail... To, to listen to what God has to say. Your serving does not, um, does not balance out your sin. That's not how it works. Uh, we can't do so much good to make up for all the bad. We have to be at Jesus' feet, learn from His Word, 
and gain from Him. And Mary is the great example here of that. One of the things we can learn by being at Jesus' feet is we can get an education. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire sincere milk uh, of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. There's a, there should be a desire to be at Jesus' feet and to learn. The Bible gives us an education so that we can grow and we can mature in our relationship with Christ. There are people who have been saved for 40 years who are still not mature in their relationship with Christ. Do never think it's the amount of years you've been saved that determine your relationship with God. It is taking time with Him in His Word and in prayer that will grow us. Spend time at Jesus' feet and learn things. We can learn priorities, we can learn standards, we can learn uh, all kinds of different things that will help us grow spiritually if we'll spend time with Him. Number two, let's turn to John chapter 11. This brings us back to Mary and Martha again, but in the instance that I've already talked about. John chapter 11 and verse 32, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So we look at the story where Jesus comes and spends time with Mary and Martha. Now we, we look at the tail end of the story of Lazarus' death. And again, she, they sent for Jesus and they, they, they asked Him to come. And, and uh, uh, because Lazarus was sick earlier in chapter 11, uh, in uh, uh, verse number um, 6, when he had heard, therefore, that he, Lazarus, was sick, he, Jesus, abode two days still in the same place where he was. I remember the phone call I got when my grandmother, uh, when hospice was called in for my grandmother. It was late on a Monday night. And I remember talking with my wife and then calling my mom and talking with her and trying to figure out, do we need to go right now? We wait till the morning. What do we need to do? And uh, we chose to, to leave early Monday morning and get up there. And we were able to spend some time with Grandma before she passed. Uh, but when we got there, it was already to the point where she couldn't speak. And um, I believe she could hear and could understand who we were. And, and uh, I, you know, was able to hold her hand and she would squeeze her hand, stuff like that. But um, there, was, there was a bit of urgency there. These people come and, and you think of the medical care that we have today versus what was going on back then. And they say, Lazarus is, is deathly ill. And two days Jesus stayed in the same place. Then he had to travel to get there. So it took some time. And he arrives, it says in uh, verse 29, as soon as she heard that, that uh, she arose, Jesus was coming, the master was come, someone uh, said, um, and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And then in verse 32, Mary, again we see Mary at the feet of Jesus, but what's she saying this time? She's saying, if you'd been here earlier, my brother had not, would not have died. One of the things we can find at the feet of Jesus is help. You have to remember that God is interested in your needs. In verse 28, it says, And when she had uh, so said, she went her way and called uh, Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. So when Jesus comes, she, He specifically asks for Mary. 
Then she runs out before he even gets into the town. He was nearby. She runs out and she meets him. Martha does, excuse me, uh, meets him. And, and when Mary gets there, that's when she falls down at, at Jesus' feet. But Jesus knew that, that there was going to be sorrow. There was going to be hurt. That there was going to be um, uh, emotions. In verse 35, Jesus himself wept. This was not a, something that Jesus took lightly. In Matthew 10, uh, in verse 29 uh, through 31, I'll read that to you real quick. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. It says, And are, are, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, that's your father knowing, but the very hairs of your head are, are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more value, or of more value than many sparrows. Jesus values you. God loves you you and he cares about the things that are going on in your life god invites us to come to him for help first peter 5 7 casting all your care upon him for he careth for you psalm 55 22 cast thy burdens upon the lord and he shall sustain thee mary was adamant to get to jesus where she met him outside of the town she fell at jesus's feet and when we are come to, to God, when we'll come to, to Jesus, when we'll fall on our knees before Him, we can find help there. Jesus did something in this passage that we don't see too often, where Jesus rose someone from the dead. In verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, and Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? He says, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus, stinky and all, comes walking out of the tomb. You hear the jokes all the time. He had to say, Lazarus, come forth, or else the whole tomb would have emptied out. But he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus did. And it all started with falling at Jesus' feet and coming to Him for help. There's a quote that I like. It's from J.C. Ryle. He says, it's kind of long, so hang with me. It says, Means are to be used diligently, without question in time of need. Doctors are to be sent for in sickness. Lawyers are to be consulted when property or character needs defense. The help of all friends is to be sought, but still, after all, the first thing to be done is to cry to the Lord Jesus for help. I'm not anti-medicine whatsoever. I'm not anti-doctors. Um, I don't like lawyers, but I'm not anti-lawyers. My deacon in Indiana was a lawyer. I like him. But um, nonetheless, this is a great statement. It's not wrong with seeking out medical help or seeking out legal help or seeking out uh, help from friends, but the first thing we ought to do is go to the Lord because He is the one who can help. had a conversation with a friend this week and we were talking about um, counseling, being a chaplain specifically, and, and, uh, and kind of the fear of if you're a chaplain and you have to accommodate all the different religions, 
um, and things like that. And, and I just made the, the statement, I would like to think that if you're a chaplain, they would allow you to use the Bible. And if you'll stay away from opinion, if you'll stay away from um, experience and just stick to the Bible, you'll be able to help anybody and everybody. Because God's Word and God Himself are the, the one thing that can help every single person. We have to understand that when we need help, our first thing ought to be to come to the feet of Jesus. And bow down before Him and say, Lord, I need your help. God, I need your help. Whether it be battling sin in our life, whether it be um, hurt and heartache, whether it be um, a desire to see a loved one saved, whatever it is, financial needs, whatever it is, God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own, and I can't do it without you. You are the one that can do it. Lord, please help. At the feet of Jesus, we can get an education. At the feet of Jesus, we can find help. Then I'd like us to go to Luke chapter 8 for our last point today. And the older I get, the more I love this point. At the feet of Jesus, we can find rest. Luke chapter 8. We looked at this uh, uh, passage recently. I believe Brother Matt preached on it when he was here. But we, we see uh, the, the crazy man. Uh, let's start in verse number 30. No, let's start in verse number 28. When he saw Jesus... No, let's start in verse 27. Sorry. Uh, verse 26. Let's try that one. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land... There met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and wear no, no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, and he fell down before him with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, tor torment me not. Skip down to verse 30. Verse 29 just talks about he was in chains and fetters and he broke them. Verse 30, And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And so in verse 32, he, they, they asked to go in the swine. Verse 33, God does that. They run into the lake and choke. Verse 34, And when they, fed, when they that fed them uh, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. They then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. When we are at the feet of Jesus, we can find a calmness, we can find a rest that we cannot find anywhere else. There's natural chaos in life. If you have a job, there's chaos. If you have a family, there's chaos. Uh, no family is perfect. Everybody has drama. Uh, if you have breath, there's chaos. If you have pets, there's chaos. There's all kinds of chaos in this world. All kinds of things that can get us as Martha was flustered. Uh, uh, Two, here we see that uh, because of these demons that were in this man, there was a great unrest in him. And when the people who normally fed the, the pigs that ran into the lake saw what happened, they took off and they went and told everybody. And when they came back to the scene, there was the man who was normally naked, 
wild, uh, uncontrollable. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was clothed and he was in his right mind. He had been tormented by demons, but now was at peace. And he found it at the feet of Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm telling you, I've said this already today, but the older I get, the more I go, I need rest. I need some calm in my life. I need some, some relaxation. I, I need my mind to, to, to stop running. And I can do that if I'll just sit at Jesus' feet. Luke 10, verse 40, we already read, Martha was cumbered while Mary was still. And yet here we see again another example of spending time with Jesus brings a peace and a calm that we cannot find anywhere else. Life is going to bring storms and God can come up on the boat and say, Peace be still. In Philippians uh, in chapter 4, fairly familiar verses, but Philippians 4 and verse number 6, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we go to God, we can find peace. When I'm worried, I can go to God and I don't have to be worried anymore. There have been so many times in my life where I have been petrified, scared out of my wits. And I can go to God and say, God, I'm going to trust you. This is not easy, but I'm going to trust you with my fear so that I don't have to fear anymore. And God brings a peace. And God brings a, a rest that I can't get unless I take it to God. No person could contain this man in the garden. They tried to. They tried to tie him up. They tried to chain him up, and he would break those things. He was out of his mind. Yet when Jesus was there, and he spent time with him, rest came. I think today's time, we are spending too much time up on our soapboxes. Making sure the world knows, this is my opinion, this is my thought, this is, this is what I think should happen, this is how I think it should go, and all those sorts of things. And we, we get up on our soapboxes and we yell so the world can hear us, when in reality what we need to be doing is on our knees, at the feet of Jesus, allowing Him to take care of our lives the way that He knows is best. There are times that we need to speak out. I'm not saying don't ever speak out. As a matter of fact, I'm very discouraged by the many who are not speaking out currently. There's a time to speak out, but we spend so much time serving as Martha did, um, speaking, uh, uh, worrying, uh, yelling. We don't spend enough time just at Jesus' feet. And I encourage you to carve out time in your life on a daily basis to sit at the feet of Jesus. Get an education. Learn from God. Get help where you need it. And get the rest that only God can give. And you can find it simply at the feet of Jesus. There is no safer place. As a child, when you're scared, you go jump in bed with your parents. As an adult, it's a little awkward if you do that. And so I encourage you to, instead of jumping in bed, 
fall down at the feet of Jesus and let Him help you in the areas that you need help in. Let Him grow you in the areas that you need growth in and let Him give you rest in a world that is not very restful. Lord, I pray for your help today. We need it. We see these examples of your word of people who spent time at your feet. In these cases, they were literal. But Lord, today we can still spend time at your feet, spend time with you. We can take time to listen and to learn, to read your word and to grow from it, to get that learning that we need. We can take time to get help from you when we go to you instead of our coworkers, instead of our spouse, instead of our uh, mentors, instead of other people. When we go to you first, we can get help that no one else can help with. And Lord, in a, in a, in a life and a world that is just constantly moving, Lord, we can find rest and peace with you. So Lord, I pray that today our dependence would be on you. Lord, that we would fall at your feet and get the help and the learning and the rest that we desperately need. Lord, may we be reminded of that it can be found, that it can be attained at your feet. So help us, Lord, I pray. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed again today, we'll not have an invitation. We won't even have you raise your hands. Um, but I encourage you, if there's an area in your life that, that you say, you know what, I need more learning, go to Jesus and get it. There are other options, there are other avenues, but start there with Jesus. If you need help today, if there's an area in your life that you just desperately need help, and we've seen this over the last month where we've prayed specifically for things and God has answered it. We needed help and God has helped. Go to God with those things. And if you need rest, we all do. If you need rest, go to God and, and seek it. Because if you seek it, you'll find it with God. Allow God to give you a peace of mind in a, in a chaotic world. Lord, help us to consistently seek you for the needs that we have. And Lord, we will give you the honor and the praise as you answer these things and take care of these things for us. Help us now as we go throughout the rest of our day, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.